Please be seated. Please pray with me. As we prepare for the reading of your word, Father, we ask you to please clear our minds so we are able to focus on hearing what you want us to receive and prepare our hearts to understand and to apply what we hear to our lives. In Christ's name, amen. From Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are the light of the Lord. Walk as children of light. Lord, bless the reading of your holy word. Gosh, that's so much heavier than I thought it was going to be. Okay. So my maiden name is Martinkus. Um, It's Greek, and it's very unpronounceable. There are a lot of good things about being a Martinkus, like having to explain how to say it to everybody. Um, But we also, like, we were a big sports family. That was our main shtick. And so um, we, I played soccer, street hockey, whatever, but basketball was my favorite. Loved basketball. I think I actually have a photo of third grade me um, in Carrollton holding a ball. I would like to think that I still look this youthful, um, so that's nice. But basketball is a sport with a lot of rules. If you've ever watched a game, if you've ever played a game, um, there's a lot of stuff you can't do. And it just so happens that in the third grade, I, uh, I may have erred on the aggressive side, and I fouled out of a game, um, like pretty early, like in the, in the third period. Um, yeah, it was gone. And so um, I got kicked out of the game. You had to go like shake hands with the other coach before you go sit on the bench. And when I got over there, it's kind of embarrassing, but I was sulking real bad. I like slouched and my arms were crossed and I was so mad. And my coach was trying to talk to me. I like wouldn't even look at her. And uh, I was kind of throwing a fit. And so my mom got out of the stands and walked around the edge of the basketball court, which is always a good sign that things are about to go great. Um, And so she comes over and she got down in my ear and she was like, you will sit up and you will root for your team because Martinkuses do not throw fits. You will cheer for your teammates and you will get that look off of your face or this will be your last basketball game you ever play. And I was like, okay. And so I, uh, I sat up straight and started rooting for my team, wiped the tears away, pretend that it's fine. And so it wasn't that um, she was upset that I reached or that I shoved or that I blocked somebody out or that I used my elbows or I caught somebody's wrist when they were shooting. 
It was about the expectation of our family. Martinkuses don't act like this. Martinkuses don't get kicked out of the game and then throw a fit on the side. You sit up straight and you, yeah, you made mistakes, but we're going to move forward. And, uh, and that's how it's going to go. And it was like, that's, if you want to play the game, you got to live by Mama Martinkus's rules a little bit. And so um, as this goes with the Bible um, a little bit, um, because Paul is talking to his family right now. He's talking to his church family. He's telling them that, um, and so it's off of the verse that Carol just read for us. And so he's talking to the church itself. He's not just going out like on street corners and yelling at everybody. Um, he is, uh, he's talking to the early church in this verse. And so um, sometimes, uh, like in Ephesians, through the, the first couple chapters of this, it was really big about like, hey, so the church was kind of made up of two parts. You had people that were raised Jewish, and then they became Christian. And then you had people that were raised Gentile, and then they became Christian, right? And so um, not everybody was raised with the same type of beliefs. Not everybody was raised with the same type of instructions, with the same type of expectations. And so it's made up of Jews and Gentiles. And many of these Gentiles, they were pagan, which means they had a whole bunch of different beliefs. Will talked about when we very first started going through Ephesians that they would get together in the middle of town and they'd be like, great is Artemis of Ephesus. And they had all these other gods and they were selling statues of those gods and they had an entire economy based around these statues. And so um, they, they were also known for excessive impurity. And so people that were raised pagan were not necessarily always married to just one person. People that were raised pagan were not always... Um, making great choices, uh, as a youth pastor might say. Um, and so this isn't only talked about in the Bible. It's actually in Greco-Roman literature also. And so um, there was this, uh, there's this writing. It's a fictional writing from around this time, and it describes this really hedonistic banquet where, like, everybody gets to do whatever they want. Um, and so there's this character in this fiction called Trimalcio. It's almost as tough to say as Martinkus, so that's cool. So Trimalcio, and he goes to this banquet, and this is a quote from some Greco-Roman literature about pagans at this time. Can I get that up there? Um, so this is a poem from that. It says, Alas, wretches, it's all for naught. Soon death will snatch us, that's our lot. So enjoy this life before we rot. It's a strong start. I, I like to say, alas, wretches, when I greet people. So that's, that's a good one. Um, this is a dark poem. This is not great. And so uh, in today's language, that might be, um, do whatever makes you happy. Do whatever makes you feel good. Find your truth. Um, and it's all for naught. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if, if it's right or wrong, if it's right for you. That's the kind of things that people say in our, in our society all the time. So people have not changed much since back then to now. We're all still kind of wandering around, but this is a pagan belief that pleasure is the highest thing that you can possibly reach. Just being happy, it's fleeting, but you need to do whatever you can to stay happy. Um, and so it's follow your heart, something like that. It's do whatever you want. Um, but Paul knows this about pagans. He's been around pagan culture. Uh, he knew that this was really common. And his whole thing was he wasn't out there yelling at pagans for being pagans. 
he was talking to the church about not letting these things intrude the church. And so he was holding the church to a different standard than the world. And so um, he pairs together three things. He says um, impurity, being immoral, and being covetous. He actually uses those same three talking to a different early church in Colossians. He's like, hey, those three things are going to destroy us from the inside. And so if we're going to be the church, we cannot be covetous, impure, or immoral. And so it's talked about in multiple spots. And looking at this, it's really easy to just view this entire verse as a list of do's and do nots. Do not be impure. Do not be immoral. Do not be covetous. Do not talk with filthiness. Don't make crude jokes. Don't be foolish. Do be imitators of God as children. Do love people in the same way that Christ gave himself up. Do be thankful. But this passage goes beyond just providing a list of do's and do nots. Some members of the early church were so engulfed by this behavior that it defined their character. They were raised this way. It was normal to be immoral or impure. And now that they're in a church, people are saying, oh, you can't do that. And they're like, well, I used to be able to do that. Why can't I do it now? And so he was trying to keep these behaviors out in the world because the church was called to a different standard. And so um, Paul was saying that people of the church who are actively trying to follow Jesus, that these behaviors can impact how well we can be the church. And he didn't want um, it to infect the believers from the inside. And so, again, this is not an open letter to the public. He doesn't have a bullhorn. He's not in the middle of Ephesus screaming at everybody like, hey, your statue's weird. No one likes that. It's not, he's not doing that. He's talking to people that are actively trying to follow Jesus, that are actively trying to honor God with their decisions. And so he's talking to the people of Jesus, and he's saying that in our church family, this is the standard. And so just like at the basketball game where... My mom didn't go correct every kid on the bench. She didn't go down the line and she was like, you need to have a better attitude. You need to block out better. You need... She didn't coach everybody. Like, I was the only one over there that was her kid. I was the one being held to the standard of being a Martinkus. Everybody else, if they want to sulk, she's like, eh, sulk if you want, you know? So how does our family act? As Westminster Presbyterian, as Christians in Amarillo, as Christians in the entire United States, how does our family act? We're supposed to be imitators of God as beloved children. Children look to parents as an example, whether that's a good or a bad thing. Uh, Kids are always imitating their parents. If you don't believe me, I taught middle school, and uh, we were in class. I taught a business education class for a little while, and it was um, kind of what you want to be when you grow up. Hey, this is how the world works. This is some different jobs you can have, that sort of thing. And so we get to a unit on taxes, and this kid goes, oh, taxes. And I was like, can you tell us what taxes are? And he goes, no, but my dad said they're bad. (laughs) Okay. And so he picked that up at home somehow. Uh, All right. Um, Sometimes I'm nervous about what my kid is going to do or say in public because she's imitating me. And that's such a scary thing, right? And sometimes it's great where she's like dancing in the kitchen. And sometimes it's like, "Uh uh-oh, that one was me exactly, you know? But we're called to imitate God, and who we're imitating is always good. He's always just. He's always merciful. Um, And so if we're going to imitate anybody like us as beloved children, God is the ultimate example to us. Um, And he has called us, it says in there, to walk in love as Christ loved and gave himself up for us. And so in this verse, it has 
um, some juxtaposition where it's like, don't do this, do this. Don't covet because that's wanting something for yourself. That's wanting something that's not for you. Being thankful is being happy with what you've got already and living your life in a, in a form of gratitude. Uh, giving yourself up is how the church imitates God. Coveting is how the world acts. In the pagan, pagan poem that we read in the banquet, it says that it's all for naught. Like anything you do, it doesn't really matter. We don't believe that. As Christians, we believe that everything we do does matter because we're called to honor God and he put us here for a reason. And that's to be his children and to love him and to love the world. And so it's, the, the pagan poem says, it's all for naught, pleasure is most valuable. In the Bible, we do have a purpose and honoring God is most valuable. Near the end of this passage, Paul says not to partner with anybody who's doing these things. And so partner can mean a lot of different things. Um, Partnering could be somebody that you trust, somebody that you follow, somebody that you are a very close friend with, somebody you seek advice from, somebody who you imitate, uh, somebody who you're married to, somebody who you are very close with. Um, Somebody called it being a co-conspirator. And there's a lot of different ways to co-conspirate, you know? Um, there's a lot of different forms that a partner might take in your life. Um, and so, who do you partner with? Like, are the people that are closest to you people that are pushing you to honor God? Or are the people that are closest to you people that are maybe defined by some of the things that Paul is talking about in this verse? So, how do you imitate God in day-to-day life? I'm not, I don't want you to yell it out, like that would be weird, uh, but I do want you to think about it. How do you imitate God in, in everyday life? Where are some areas that we are maybe not imitating God in our life? What is your character defined by? So if somebody who knew you well was describing you, how would they, how would they describe you to somebody who doesn't know you? Would they use any of the stuff that Paul was talking about? Would they be like, oh, they're always telling dirty jokes. Oh, they're always, uh, they're, they're pretty impure. They're not very trustworthy. They're, you know, they're struggling with this or that. Or is it, they're, they're trying to imitate God. They're a child of Christ. And so what is something that you need to give over to God? What is something in your life that you're kind of squirreling away in your heart? It could be one of the things that he talked about specifically, where you're like, oh, I really probably do need to work on that. Or it could be something else. It could just be a way where we're honoring ourselves instead of honoring God. How are you, um, how is your posture towards the Lord? Like, is your character being defined by him or are you being defined by sins that you're letting run your life? And so in our family, we need Jesus. We can't be Christians without Christ. Jesus empowers us to live up to God's standards because on our own, we're going to mess it up. On our own, um, we're just We can't do it by ourselves. By spending time with God and imitating him, the Holy Spirit changes us. It helps us to choose thankfulness over coveting. And so as you're sitting here and you're thinking about it, maybe you're like, man, I'm crushing it. I'm not impure. I'm not being covetous. I'm doing fine. I'm good. I mean, I try to be good, and it turns out I mess it up all the time. I try to be good and do the right thing. And I just, I need God so much more than he needs me. There's something. Take a moment to self-reflect. Who are the people closest to you? Are they pushing you towards Christ? Are you pushing them towards Christ? What is your character defined by? 
Paul told the early church to live differently than the pagans. Partner with Christ and his people in order to love the world around you. You're a beloved child of God, and he's our good father. We are not upset at people outside the church for living this way. We don't go around and yell at people for being impure. We don't go around being upset that the world is lost. Our job is to love them, but our standard for our family is different. And so we don't partner with somebody. You can love them, but you're not going to take their advice to heart, and you're not going to follow their ways, and you're not going to trust what they're doing necessarily. You're being a light to them, and you can have a relationship with lost people, and you can push people towards Christ, but we're not going to partner with people who aren't loving the Lord. And so, um, like growing up, I was allowed to play basketball with anybody. It wasn't like, hey, you can only play this game with other Martinkuses. I was allowed to play basketball with whoever, but I still had to live to the standard of my family. And so as we go and we interact with the world and as we build relationships with people, um, our standard that God is calling us to is one that honors him. So let's pray. Y'all close your eyes. God, thank you so much for loving us. Even though